Hello there, you are listening to the Simply Divine Podcast, where the intro is harder than the podcast. We will dive into the simplicity of our everyday lives, striving for rest, encouragement, and holiness. So sit back and enjoy the show. Hello everyone, welcome back to week two of the podcast. Episode two. Today, we will have a guest with me. I know it's early on on the show, but um, I'm very, very honored to introduce my husband, Mr. Benjamin Tabor. Hi. You look really beautiful today. (laughs) I mean, tonight. Oh, yeah, we are recording at night. Uh, We tried to do it earlier, but, you know, it's just not possible with a 10-month-old baby. She's lovely. We love her so much. But, uh, I mean, not but, but, you know. <laughs> um, anyways. The, the whole point is we made it here. Today. And we have some time. Tonight. Yeah. Tonight. Tonight. It's nighttime. Night. <laughs> I, you know how I know it's nighttime? Because if it's daytime, uh, the room we're in, she'll never let me turn on the light. She'll always be like, why do you have the light on? Like, you're right. You're right. Because the windows have natural light that come in. My fault. Me culpa. Through my fault. My most grievous fault. Alright, let's get this started. But we're here with jokes all night. Alright, so. Mr. Husband, what are you grateful for this week? This week... The thing I'm most grateful for this week is probably the amount of effort that my wife put into little intimacies. So like an example of this was we went to Costco, not Costco, we went to Aldi's um, with our daughter. And while we were walking down the aisle, um, she kept rubbing my back and giving like little scratches. And it was just like... It was a hard week for me um, early on, and that just, like, made me feel so much better. And I didn't even tell her until, like, three days later. (laughs) But that I'm really grateful for just those small acts of love. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) So this week, I am grateful for... I didn't get to ask you. Oh, would you like to ask Yeah, I want to ask you. Okay. So, this week, or past week, what are you grateful for? (laughs) I am grateful for allowing, like, the Lord just to speak to me this week. I mean, I allow Him to speak every week, but this week there was something really hard about it. There was a lot of trauma that came up, and Uh... I I needed to sort through it in, in the best way possible, because healing, you know? But, um, and I'm also grateful to have gotten through this week because our daughter actually went through a little teething phase, um, and she did get a fever. So it was a long week and it was, it was hard to see her like that. Um, but yeah, that's what I'm grateful for. And what are y'all grateful for? I want y'all to think when y'all open this episode or each episode coming forward, um, a little thing that you're grateful for about the week or the week to come. Yeah, it's just a little appreciation type thing. 
Okay, now we're gonna dive into why you're here. <laughs> I'm here? Uh-huh. What do you mean? You ready? We're gonna hit some topics about, oh, okay, yeah. about us. Introducing ourselves a little bit. Um, family life is the next important thing in my life. So, um, after faith. So, let, let's get started. How did we meet? <laughs> Let's start at the we beginning. do sides? You want me to do my side? You do your side? No, I think we could both, like... We can, like, interject? Yeah. You start. <sighs> well, that night was very different for me than it was for her in a positive way. Because I was just going out with some friends to go dancing. Um, one of my friends that was leading a Bible study that Eileen was a part of... Uh, invited me to go two-stepping, and it was going to be me, um, like two other guys that were my buddies, and three or four girls, and it was just supposed to be a little small thing, night at the town, and I had never met Eileen, and I ended up sitting in the back of the car, and the two girls who were taking me were up front, and we were picking up Eileen, and we go to her apartment at night. It's probably like 8 or 9 o'clock at night. And she approaches the car, gets in, and the, my first impression was, oh, I do not like this girl. <laughs> I just did not have a good, like, feeling. I don't know why. And, <laughs> but I, I, I like, kind of got over it. And that night, we, I still danced with her, and she was all tense. And I told her, like, man, you need to relax. Like, we're just dancing. Like, it's no pressure. Um... That was it. I mean, I didn't have a good first impression. It wasn't anything she did. I just did not. He was trying to stay away from a certain um, crowd of girls that got his attention before. Yeah. So he he forgot to mention we were at Texas State. Okay? Oh yeah. We're in San Marcos, um, so it's college town. That's why they're picking me up from uh, my apartment, and so. I just didn't dress the most modestly at the time that I like have kind of learned more about now. Um, and so it it probably was like it, it was my first time going out dancing or even two stepping. I had never been two stepping. And the reason I was tense was because I actually, as many of you know, like I had a friend pass away. Back in 2017, and he was the only, like, real dancing partner I had that I was relaxed with and everything. So, it had just been a while from 2017 to, like, 2019. Yeah, no? 2019. Yeah. yeah, so a good spring. three years. It was like spring of 2019. Yeah, so first met. they picked me up, and I was like, hmm, why am I sitting next to this guy? Nah, you said you thought I was cute. A little bit. So, ah, don't lie. But I was like, nah. Like, ah, nah. But anyways, so that night passes over. We dance. Yada, yada, yada. Yeah, dinner Ooh. too. We did? Yeah. Oh. We talked about... Uh, Dating uh, Detox. Yeah, Mr. Kevin and Lisa Cotter, their book, Dating Detox. And you were like all interested in it. And I had, think I had just finished doing it for like a second time or something. Yeah. Yeah. So I was interested in the book at the time because I just wasn't having it with guys. They, they, it just, uh, from my look, it was not good. It was just not a great experience for me. 
dating and guys so the way he was explaining it or pitching it to the group it was it sounded like a really good thing and sound pitching it <laughs> and it sounded like it was something i needed and at this point i wasn't into my spiritual life as much i was in a bible study um yet i didn't wasn't living that lifestyle yet like going all the time to church the way the way things ended up later on so if we would have liked each other it probably wouldn't have worked out at the time just because of our different paths in that exact time so years pass no a year one one year one year a little over a year passes Mm -hmm. do you remember (laughs) what what was going on Oh, we were writing letters. I think that's my next memory. We're writing letters. Writing letters to um, the sponsors that we were going to have for this convention. Um, Was it Seek? SLS. SLS. So Focus used to have this thing called SLS. It was a student leadership summit, and it was for people who were part of their discipleship program, which was... Basically, like leading um, students, it's students leading students closer to Christ. And we had like a Bible study and like kind of like mentoring. Um, it was, it was like, in short, you're just, you're helping your, your classmates. And so we were writing letters um, to get funding for it because we're students and just sending it out to family members and people we believe who could help us out um, just a little bit here and there. And we would usually write, you know, between like 50 to 100 letters. And um, we just, I was just having a bad t- a bad day. And uh, I was kind of sad. And Eileen um, sent me like a message. Because she like took notice, but she didn't say anything because we were with a couple of friends. And she sent me a really encouraging message. And I was like, wow, like that was... Uh, it was just really, it, it was really needed, and I didn't think anything of it, like, romantically. I just was like, wow, like, that, I really needed that, and she was just, I could kind of tell that she was diving deeper into her faith, growing closer to the Lord, and, and that's, like, that's what I started to become attracted to, and so it was, like, that first little, like, seedling that mm. she gave me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can see that. So then we ended up going to this conference. But we didn't talk to each other, like, the whole conference, really. It was just, like, we saw each other and, eh. Like, I didn't like, even... We had the same friend groups. Yeah, yeah. You so, know? so we saw each other, but we didn't hang out. We had actually, like, not really interested in each other. Nope. No. Nothing. No. So. <laughs> I was hanging out with the boys. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was going in from December into the new year during that time. So I was just hanging out with friends there too. Um, so the conference comes to an end. We're going like short wise. But the conference oh, comes to an gosh. end. And we took a bus from San Marcos, like Texas, all the way to Arizona. So it was a long trip. Um but we were coming back, and everyone wanted their own seat after uh, that long conference. I think everyone just wanted to get rest. And so, and then there were some people that were really excited to just have a ball of conversations about the talks and everything. And so, mm. 
long yeah. story short, Ben ends up next to me on the bus. Um, but he was waiting to talk to someone else, another friend. And uh, she ended up falling asleep. And you just started Yeah, I just turned around. I just turned said, around and started talking to you. No. Well, here's what I said. I said, hey, I'm trying to learn how to listen better. Uh-huh. And is there anything that you want to get off your chest? Just talk to me. I'll just be the best listener I can be. Yeah, and it wasn't even in a romantic way. He wasn't. It wasn't flirty. It was just like very genuine. I felt as though I was like after the conference. I'm like, okay, well, he wants to listen, and I have a lot to say, and you, you you're practicing listening. So here we go. Um, and we stayed up all like I think it was 18 hours, right? Of the it was yeah somewhere around 16 oh, to 18 hours. My. I think we stayed up all the hours. Uh, but he would we we started talking maybe like 12 hours left of the bus yeah, ride 10, yeah. 10 something around there so we just talked all night well he listened more than anything but I was just having this back and forth uh, phase of not dating anymore um, because I wanted to discern uh, the religious life which becoming a nun and things like that and so I told him, I was like, I don't think I want to date in 2020. I'm making that promise to myself right now. I'm not going to be interested in any guys. I haven't taken this break in, like, ever, and I and I probably need it. So, therefore, I did. I said that. And he kind of was, like, shut down. Because after the conversation, I think you were intrigued a bit, right? Just a bit. I mean, I was just practicing dating. Like, yeah. I was just like... Mm-hmm. If I'm even a little intrigued, I'll ask them on a date. But since you said that, I was like, okay, like, I won't ask her on a date. Like, she's cool. But mm-hmm. it wasn't like, mm-hmm. it wasn't like how I was before. Like, oh my gosh, this girl is so beautiful and I'm so in love and she has no clue. Like, I did not even get to that point. No. And that was good, actually. Yeah. Um, that leads us into our next topic in a little. But uh, wrapping up with this one, we basically, like, go our separate ways after that bus ride i didn't like, say bye he didn't say bye i was very confused actually i was like <laughs> we spent almost 10 to 12 hours together on a bus talking and even listening to music i was like um i don't, I don't like him as a friend right now <laughs> yeah I, I didn't say bye because i felt like that was i felt like if i said bye then it was gonna be like a I don't know, insinuating something. <laughs> yeah, and we were also tired. We hadn't slept. Yeah, so. and I was dealing with with some some stuff uh, like coordinating transportation. Mm-hmm. I was like arguing with my parents if I was gonna go home or not <laughs> from college after that for like winter break and yeah, yeah, just a lot of stuff. Um, but yeah, so then this is January and uh, January passes. Uh, he continues practicing dating. Um, not with me because <laughs> I said I didn't want to date and so just in our separate lives I think God spoke differently um, obviously he told Ben like yeah continue dating and he told me and I did but yeah. not you yes and he he actually told me he was like you know it's a good promise you know I, I want you to give your life over to me um, and that's exactly what you're doing, but you're not involving me in that decision. So therefore, here's this guy 
that's gonna come back into your life basically but in a different aspect and it wasn't like boom in my face ben is the one no it was like we went to go study one time and it was by ourselves because he wanted to focus a bit more um (laughs) he wanted to focus a bit more on his studies that's it well there was something right before that what remember we went to whataburger Oh my! Yeah, I had God. texted you yeah. late at night. Well, it was late because I was, I was getting ready for our Bobcat Awakening, which is the awakening retreat for college students, mm-hmm. and I was leading it. And I was I was with a bunch of people up a little late, not too late, up like nine or ten. College life. College life, you know. <laughs> and uh, I was hungry. And I I asked who wanted to come. Everybody just said get me something except for one other person. And then Eileen, I texted her, but she was at home. I was like, I'll pick you up. Let's go. And she thought it was just going to be me and her. <laughs> For some reason, because she uh, didn't say anything. And I was like, I was like, nah. There was another girl. But, like, I wasn't interested in this girl. Like, we were, I was just friends. Yeah. So she gets it, and she got real quiet. Like, she was quiet the whole time. I was in the back seat. Yeah. I was like, okay. <laughs> but I ended up dropping off that girl. And it was just me and you, and we ate together, because uh, I didn't want to eat and like get all the letters dirty. So we ate together, and we ended up talking for a bit. But it wasn't anything crazy. We just... Yeah. I even got a phone call from a friend, and I answered it. Yeah. You know? It wasn't... It was like... I feel like it was right in our face, but we like chose to kind of avoid it because of our own like promises or dating or whatever the well, case was. I remember was. what you told me. So yeah. I, I, so you I had no clue. That. Yeah. I was just like, oh, we'll just eat and, and leave it leave it at that. Yeah. But you missed the pillar, actually. Or was it before or after? I told you about the Dating Detox book. Yeah. That came back around. Was it before or after that? I don't know. I don't remember. I don't either. It's somewhere in there. Basically, that Dating Detox book that we talk about in the beginning of this podcast, um, I brought it up to him and I was like, hey, I don't know why I'm going to tell you this, but I'm going to tell you this. oh my gosh i said you were actually one of the guys on my list so basically in this book you write a list of potential people that you might want to date or see like potential whatever the case was it was a little list of guys like i don't know if it had a number or just how much they said just write down if you had even a slight crush yeah and then through that it made you start marking them out like, mm-hmm. it would ask you, like, okay, are they this, this, not? Or, like, I don't even remember. I have to go back. But yeah. you started marking out people, and they're like, These, this guy's not good for you. Or this guy's not good for you. I'm like, oh, my gosh. So he ended up in my top five. And we I was made like, it. I was like, we made it, boys. But he wasn't. I don't think he was number one. I have to go back and look yeah, at that list. I know who was number one. No, I don't remember. I don't either. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Pretty sure all those so people are married. I bring it up to you, and he just kind of. It's like he didn't even hear it. He's like, I don't even remember your reaction. It was just like. I didn't say anything because yeah. if I did, I was about to go to work. Mm-hmm. So if we I We couldn't didn't, dive into Yeah, it. we were at church and like hanging out in the lobby or like the little, you know, the little area. And I was like talking to somebody else and then you had mentioned it. And I was just like, all right, cool. I didn't have anything to say. Yeah, I was. <laughs> It was a. It was very. I guess to me, it was like. Uh, I mean, 
What else am I supposed? What am right. I supposed to say? Like, why'd you tell me that? I don't know. God told me to tell you. I think I went along the lines of like, well, aren't you like not dating in twenty twenty or something? I don't no, know. No, you didn't that. say. say you that. didn't even say that. That's, That's why. That's what I said in my head. I was like, okay, it's, it doesn't matter because you're not dating. Yeah. So it was just a strange, trying to follow God, when I had, I don't feel like I had, um, done it before. So. You good? You getting tired? Yeah, I was a little sleepy. It's okay. Yeah, we've, we've stayed up late. Are we supposed to be talking about dating? Yeah, I think like a little bit of a, how we met is kind of all over the place. <laughs> it's like jumping everywhere. It kind of blends. I guess that's why I had that question. Like, It kind of blends because it's like we... Went from barely knowing each other to a little bit of acquainted to dating. So it like blends really easily. Because mm-hmm. I remember being enamored by you, but being really scared to ask you on a date. Mm-hmm. And not really knowing where you were at with the whole, I'm not dating in 2020. Because like, I was really starting to catch feelings. You know, just those... It was only maybe two or three times that we... Went to go study. Yeah, we went to study maybe once or twice. And twice or three of those times was, like, with friends. No, no. We, we yeah. And then they left. Remember? The coffee shop? Anyways, how we met, it's a whole ball of things. But the basis is we met. <laughs> so now we're moving on to, like, when we started dating, how you asked me out and things like that. I think you should mention it. Nothing fancy. Yeah, but a she lot was of people broke. nowadays don't know how to date oh. or how to distinguish whether it is being asked out on a date or it's just like, excuse my language, but a butt call. Well, I mean, it's super simple. Uh, she was broke and I took her to get food. <laughs> she was like, oh, you don't have to buy me food. And I was like, I know I don't have to. And I went to... Uh, we went to P. Terry's. She likes to call it T. Perry's. It's <laughs> <laughs> a P. Terry's, the Austin burger chain. And uh, I bought her food. We ate, hung out a little bit. And I was like, you know, I know I've been hanging out and I don't want to, like, be disingenuous. So you want to go on a date? And she was, like, kind of in shock. Mm-hmm. And then she was like, yes, question mark. Because I had never been asked out on a date like that, like, very genuine. It was always, like, mixed signals. It was always maybe, yeah, no, let's just kiss. And, you know, just, it wasn't great. I did not date well. Um, so to be asked out that way was very shocking to me. And we weren't, like, friends per se before then. So I had always been friends before going into, like, romantic feelings and things like that. So, yeah, that's where we were. So I said yes. And I was like, wait, I said yes too fast? Did, like, all these things started coming up in my head. And so I discerned it. And I was like, it's just a date. Um, it can go well or it can go bad. You know, I had read the dating details. You told your roommates. I did. I said, oh my gosh, I, I, he asked me out on a date. This is so strange. <laughs> it was strange for me at the time. But they were excited for me. And they even helped me get ready and everything. So 
the date the first date was actually like a surprise i didn't know where we were going or anything like that he just said to bring a blanket i was like huh. it was cold it was cold it wasn't like i, I wasn't didn't i did not expect to be outside that's oh. the thing because it was cold so well. leading up to this first date it was supposed to happen after ba but instead because we were already hanging out ben mentioned he's he actually said we should actually go on a date before then just because we're already yeah I, I said let's date after ba the retreat and then i told her you know what like if we're gonna hang out again we might as well make it a first date and i want to take you to do something that i've been wanting to do yeah because uh, what a surprise yeah because you don't want to catch feelings as you hang out because then it's like kind of not respecting yeah. the other person well like what's the point like the whole point is that like a date is just you're a date you label it as a date because it's like i am intentionally wanting to get to know you mm -hmm. for romantic reasons mm -hmm. if you just say hey let's get dinner hey let's hang out i could get dinner with anybody mm -hmm. i can hang out with anybody mm -hmm. and i don't have to have feelings and even if i do it's not like i'm telling that person yeah and she know? or he is confused as like like yeah. that's not right for that okay. person like okay but... i can invite my mom like who, <laughs> who, who can i bring on this right. dinner you know like there's been many times where I would invite someone to dinner, and they'd be like, oh, can I tag along this person? You know how horrible it is if you're trying to ask somebody on a date, and then they're like, hey, can I bring my best friend? You're just like, I just try to ask you on a date. Well, then say date. Mm -hmm. Don't say mm -hmm. dinner, mm -hmm. you know? Like, <laughs> anyway, she was shocked, but it also, I think that's what you want, is you want them to be shocked because... Not necessarily be shocked, but you want them to know, okay, wow, this is actually somebody who wants to get to know me for more than just a friend. That's why you use the word date. That's what the point is. It's like, I'm communicating to you. First of all, I'm trying to communicate well with you, mm -hmm. which is a good, that's a green flag, not a red flag, <laughs> right? So I'm communicating well already. I want to get to know you romantically. If you just say, I want to get dinner, that's a red flag because it's like, um, hmm, is it dinner? Is it a date? Is it this? Now you're just like, the communication's terrible, but he's pretty cute. No, don't, no, you know? Yeah. It's standards. And it, yeah, and also, like, puts the guy in a position to be like, oh, I can ask for anything because I haven't labeled it yeah. or whatever the case is. I can is. be super ambiguous, and that's yeah. totally fine. And I can ghost her, or I can do this. Like, really just a play on emotions. And it can be the other person as well. The girl could do the same thing to the guy, which is why it led me to being shocked because I had been played around so much. So we go on the first date, best first date, my only very really first date date. Um, he took me to go see the stars. Uh, I thought I was gonna die because it was very dark. He was That's driving first date. Okay, I'm like. It was like what? a 20 minute drive. Okay, and it's a, it's a dark zone. It was Wimberley, uh -huh. Texas, so uh -huh. it's certified dark zone or whatever, mm -hmm. and you could really see the stars. Yeah. And I, I even told her, I was like, halfway through, I was like, okay, I don't want to scare you, but we're going to go stargazing. Oh, yeah. And she was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I don't think we talked about it, though, like after, like, after you said that. And anyways, before then, he took me to go get, like, ice cream. We oh, God, it was, that was very nerve-wracking. Super awkward. Yeah, very nerve-wracking. I was, I felt, I even told her, man, this is awkward. And I was like, I'm just, I apologize. Like, I was just trying to be genuine because I didn't know how to do it either. I had probably only been on one or two dates before then. Mm -hmm. 
and they were both first dates with different people that were like one was okay one wasn't interested and mm-hmm. so like i was like man i really like this girl i don't want to be an idiot of course that's what i was <laughs> but it was fine because she was also just as awkward but it was like okay well, let's be awkward together. yeah and i told we like walked back to the car i was like you know let's just relax we go to the car <laughs> And it was it was a lot smoother after that. Yeah, and yeah, because we actually broke into conversation. Mm-hmm. I think conversation was our key, like yeah. all the time. We just I had mean. to talk. We like because we already gotten all the small talk out. So mm-hmm. now it was like okay, let's let's just conversate about life or whatever. Yeah, which was crazy because we brought up family, which I I felt so trusting and comfortable with you, um, in just talking about that stuff. You know. Yeah, and I think the reason maybe for that is because you already knew oh well, he wants to get to know me romantically and family is an important thing to me mm-hmm. so when somebody wants to get to know you intimately well you share appropriately mm-hmm. important things about yourself mm-hmm. like if you were to have like a list of things you present to friends and a list of things you present to potential mates it's like different you know mm-hmm. and i think that helped our conversation glide better because mm-hmm. we already knew the intentions um but it also kind of went kind of like the bus ride. Like, I was listening more, which is fine. That's, like, a trait you can show. Like, hey, I'm a good listener. And I talk and then, a lot, guys. Yeah. I, I talk a lot. <laughs> yeah, she does. She still does to this day. Oh, yeah. And I, I'll own it yeah. forever. Which is fine because I still am a good listener most of the time. <laughs> um, but, yeah. And then afterwards, we just, we, like, went back. I think we got food. Maybe, maybe not. I was hungry. No, I think we were just too cold. Because yeah. after that, we were just trying to warm up. Yeah. Oh, this part this is funny. I have to mention it. I was very, I was being flirty after that first date. And so I was like... Oh, I'm she was super flirty. I was, I was like, amazed. I am so cold. <laughs> Can, like, you warm up my hand? And I was, like, just playing hands with him. Like, like little, you know, just... Handsies. Yeah, like touching your hand and stuff like that, which I thought was funny because it was a move. Come on, like that was a move. But it was cold too, uh, so it was a double win. Okay, but I had the first move with the blanket because it yeah. was cold. Yeah, but I didn't know. And we like huddled in the blanket. And... Yeah, because it was cold. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But which, it was like you know now that I look at it, our wedding day it was cold. <laughs> yes, it was. Oh, but That's anyways, funny. yeah. So after the first date, there was a second, thank God, (laughs) and a third. They did not, like, go smoothly. And, like, being asked on the second date was, like, a total yes. Like, I felt Mm, comfortable and everything. But there was, like, little ripple things that had happened in our lives that just, like, really tested, I think, our relationship in the beginning. Yeah, Um, if we really wanted it. Yes, yes, exactly. You know what? I'll summarize. Basically, it was drama with other women. And it wasn't anything like nefarious or bad it was just unnecessary i needed to put up my boundaries because i was yeah i was i was wanting to uh commit more to her and i also was struggling with like boundaries with women at the time who were friends that i didn't know were being flirty you know i don't i take back unnecessary because those are the things that like helped you with those boundaries and things like that but also to be able to love those women as a brother yeah. in Christ. Yeah. It helped me learn how to be a f- like friends with women appropriately without like 
leading them on or them thinking that I'm leading them on mm-hmm. and showing interest. It, it's a hard and tricky like yeah. thing to navigate. I think when you're married, it's so much easier to have married friends because you're committed. Not saying that, you know, it's super simple, but as Catholics, I think practicing Catholics and our friends as practicing as well, uh, we know like we can trust them. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, I'm already already going to the married life part, but um, oh wait, I want to talk about the third date real oh, quick. Oh yes, just because I was like the third date. Well, people, most people say by the fifth or sixth you should know. Mm-hmm. The third date was when I was I already asked her to be my girlfriend. Mm-hmm. I took her to at the time I was working at um, as a tour guide, mm-hmm. a boat driving tour guide, not oh, a boring tour glass guide. Glass yes. bottom. Yeah, the glass bottom boats of Texas State. You haven't been. Uh, it's called the Meadow Center. I worked there for two years as a work study. We learned how to drive boats that had these glass bottoms, and they were crystal clear. You could see all the way to the bottom of the lake. You see fish, you see turtles, springs, bubbling springs. It was super cool. It's only it's one of the two places in the world right now that you can see them. The only other places, I believe, Crystal Beach or something over in Florida. Mm-hmm. Anyway, took her there. She loved it. Um, a funny thing, a little quick note. Um, we, we're still learning this to this day of like how to dress nicely but modestly. And at the time, um, I was really fit at the time. And I hated that that came off as something immodest if I wore like gym clothing to like a hangout and so i just started wearing like a bunch of like sweaters and sweats and like just big clothing to like hide my body um and i actually dressed up for this date and on the first date i told her to dress casual and i dressed down just like something really simple and she like (laughs) to me she wore something that was like all dressed up and then for a third date She was wearing a t-shirt and shorts, and I was wearing, like, no, jeans no. and a button. it was a t-shirt and, like, oh. sweats or something. Yeah. I was so and I was guard. Yeah, and I was wearing, like, a button-down shirt and, like, shoes. Like, I was, I had the whole thing. But and, you know why? Because you had just gotten out of mass. Oh, it doesn't That's matter. Why. I already knew we were going on that date. Yeah, but I wasn't ready. Anyways, yeah, it is funny, the dressing part. Um... So, yeah, that was our dating life. After yeah. the third date, he asked me out. And that actually wasn't a simple yes. It was a yes. I was like, yes. And I also, yeah. And I also need to, like, make a list of, like, boundaries yeah. and things that I uh, would like in a relationship. Because yeah. I wasn't going to BS anymore. I didn't, I had already been played around too much with. And so did he. He felt that way in previous relationship and mm-hmm. things like that. So... In that list, I do recall, like, saying, God has to be at the center of our relationship no matter what. Mm -hmm. That is a non-negotiable, which is also in the dating detox. What are your non-negotiables and what are your negotiables? So the non-negotiable was that. And also, just kind of being honest, like, not tiptoeing. I don't, I didn't need that. I didn't want it. I needed honesty to the max. I needed honesty so that way I could trust him more. So there was a lot yeah. of things that we prioritized that I think if we hadn't gotten hurt before, they wouldn't have come up the way they did. Definitely. Yeah. Our relationship has is a whole different topic, <laughs> but that's why we're just going to pretty much fast forward into <laughs> getting married because, like, 
Oh, oh yeah. We we were only dating for eleven months and we got engaged. Yeah, we got engaged. That was something. At eleven months. But that wasn't of and our. We were engaged for another eleven months. Yes. Right? Yes. That wasn't of our own will either. Like we have a, f- we have free will. We have free choice. Uh, there we do our best to this day to follow the Lord's will in every single decision that we do, big or small, because that's how much, like we want to grow in relationship with him so therefore therefore marriage marriage happened we got married oh no. my gosh <laughs> no oh we got engaged oh yeah we got engaged and then we got married no we got engaged <laughs> in the way you asked me yes i he recreated our first yeah, date. i recreated the first date so it was like a date again and yeah it i'm like pausing to think about it because it was i put so much effort into it and it was so unlike a lot of people who have like engagement photos and stuff um we didn't have that which we had engagement photos pre-wedding so like we hadn't planned like we had engagement photos but we didn't have photos of the actual engagement because i don't know why i just I guess I'm kind of anti-cultural, but, like, I just don't think getting engaged is, like, a public thing to do. Because if a marriage is, like, in front of God, mo- like, God enjoys, like, those moments where you give just to Him. Mm-hmm. You know, behind closed doors type of thing. And I felt like that was a Ben and Eileen and God moment. And so we got engaged at the church we got married at. At the same altar <laughs> we got married at, we also got engaged at. But it happened privately. And then obviously our wedding happened in, in front of witnesses, and mm-hmm. um, we did talk about like, oh man, like we didn't get any photos of the engagement, and we should do like an engagement photo shoot, which we did, mm-hmm. uh, but we don't have any photos or anything. It's just I mean, it's our memory, mm-hmm. and we it, have one picture because I we took a, a selfie, yeah, we yeah. took a selfie, but yeah. it's, it was just something where. It was private. It was yeah. In, it was intimate. Yeah. The way it needed to be for us. Not saying right. everyone else should or have to do this. Some people want their family and stuff there. I did want my family there before, like prior to getting engaged. But we talked about it, and we were just like, "This is our moment. Like, if anything, like this, this is for us to be intimate and in, like front of God in in the best way possible." Mm-hmm. So we got engaged 11 months later. We went all through marriage prep, which I'll have to bring you back on just to talk about marriage because that's a whole another topic. And our relationship. <laughs> oh, man, yes. Yeah. But the last thing I would like to talk about with you is our family life right now. So after getting married, we... We're skipping a lot of steps. <laughs> yes, I know. We, we found that's out okay. we were pregnant two months after marriage. Uh-huh. <laughs> Honeymoon baby. Um... But, yeah, yeah, so we found out... Ultimate so- NFP. <laughs> the NFP, they're not... Oh, God. Supernatural family planning. Yeah, that's what, it's, what, that's what NFP stands for. But so after getting married, got pregnant, um, and we navigated a lot through that first year, but it was, it was pretty smooth because pre-marriage, there's a thing called marriage prep. So you get asked the hard questions you don't find out the hard stuff when you're married you find out the hard stuff before getting married 
to make the decision of getting married oh, to yeah. this person and all the ugliness Man. and stuff. You're right. Our engagement is a whole different topic. Yes. Yeah. It definitely is. So if you're interested, you know, let us know. Yeah, stick around. <laughs> right. But... Well, I do have a question. So you're saying family life after Am- Ambrosia was born? Like now. Our family life now. Oh, like recently. How it's progressed and stuff. So we, we got married... Um, going into like that year of marriage that we made, we're going. We're actually coming up on two years soon. A lot happened during that time. We lived in San Marcos. We moved to Houston. Like giving you a little summary, but we had our baby here in Houston. We had a uh, birth center birth. That's a whole another thing too. Mm-hmm. Um, but all of it adding up to now, our family life with our ten-month-old baby, we've learned so much. Like, she's stretched us to what we thought was our maxes, but Mm -hmm. God was like, no. Like, I have more for y'all. Well, you know what? I think my response is, like, our family life, I think I can only give the perspective of a father and a husband. And so I think I'll give, like, my three main perspectives, Mm -hmm. and then you can give yours. Mm -hmm. Um, And that will, like, maybe give a little, like, summation. Wait, what happened? Of family life. Oh, there it goes. <laughs> oh. Sorry, little technical difficulties. It's still recording. Yeah. Good. <laughs> I don't know why I did that. That's crazy. Um, so, okay. So, my three main things is, first of all, sacrifice. Mm-hmm. It's not a joke when the church, the, the marriage prep person, the couples you talk to, and every pretty much Jesus himself is like, uh, husbands, like, love your wife as, as he did the church. He died to establish a church. And if you're not willing to die like as a husband to establish your family, you're not going to have a very <sighs> thriving and flourishing family. And I think, I think honestly, you don't even have to be Christian or Catholic to understand that. Because every man who's a great family man has sacrificed and died to himself and his pleasures and his wants and put his family first. And ultimately, that makes you way more fulfilled and way more joyful. Mm-hmm. And you may have to sacrifice your even even your happiness sometimes, and that's that's fine. So number one, sacrifice. And number two, when it comes to family life, would probably be communication, and um, not just communication as in telling people how you feel, but saying it in a way that is that your partner. Or even your daughter, which she doesn't talk yet, but she can tell when you're upset. You know, communicating in a way that it is actually received and comprehended. That's very important. And you have to understand that it's not just about, I said my part. Mm-hmm. It's, I said my part in a way that my partner understands that how I feel and that I still love her. <laughs> yes. We made a lot of mistakes. We still do with that, but we're getting better. And I think the third thing as a as a husband mainly um is the little things matter so much and i know i started that i started the podcast with that talking about those little moments where you're just rubbing my back or touching my shoulder those little things matter so much one of our core memories when we first started dating was she loves chick-fil-a which is way overpriced now by the way she loves chick-fil-a and i got her chick-fil-a we were eating in her car and we were just, I mean, I don't even think we were talking. She was just grubbing. And I i think I had already finished because, you know, I just eat fast. 
and she ran out Chick-fil-A sauce and I nothing no words exchanged I just pull out another Chick-fil-A sauce <laughs> open it for her I hand it to her she starts crying she starts crying like joyful I'm like are you alright she's like nobody's ever done that for me before like, like just it, not the Chick-fil-A <laughs> sauce per se but no one had ever like I guess considered what I needed in that moment in yeah. time even though it's such a anticipating little anticipating the need yeah yeah like it's yeah. It's the idea. Who who is it? Sarah Swafford. Uh-huh. Shout out Sarah Swafford. We met her. She doesn't need a shout out. She's very famous. <laughs> anyway, Sarah Swafford. She talks about it's not about the door. Like when you open the door for a woman as a man, it's not about the door. It's about anticipating the need that there's something this woman needs. It's very apparent, and I can be the person to solve that to show that she is a strong. She's a woman. She's perfectly capable. But my job is to make her life. Just that little bit easier, understanding that she's cared for. Yeah, that she's cared and for. She's, she's loved. loved. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, your turn. Three things. Three things. Maybe that's so, a good way, right? Yeah, I think that that summarizes. Life. Well, I actually like can't tell you because I'm not a dad. <laughs> so well, yeah, but those are, a, yeah. Those, those are your things. Um, well, uh, three things as a mom and a wife. My goodness, I don't think I can list off just three things, but I'm going to try my best. Um, I think my first one would be... Uh, let me think. My first one would be praying. Praying is like a big necessity and a big thing for family life. If there's if there's loss in prayer, whatever that prayer may look like, like it it the family kind of like breaks a little. Like even if the mom was just to like do a Hail Mary and our father, call on the Holy Spirit, call on God, like just even just God wants you to mention, you know, that that connection that you need him, right? So I don't think I could get through the day without prayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if I was to forget my morning prayer because the, something happened with the baby or whatever the case was, like some kind of prayer just saying, Jesus, I need your help, <laughs> is it's it's necessary. The second thing I would say is also sacrifice. It's It's a different kind of sacrifice, though, a husband and wife. A wife dies to herself in the little things like the little annoyances and all of that you kind of just offer it up to god again here we like roundabout everything comes back to him so like the sacrifices are ways that your heart kind of gets stretched if that makes sense so sacrifice is my second thing and my third thing would be like being attentive to each person of the family it's like the baby she like my husband just said she doesn't talk with her words so i have to be very attentive to like what's going on had she eaten things like that but being attentive on a level of trying to understand and not just be like i won this argument or no i don't want to do that right now um because just because um so it's a lot of a combination of sacrifice and all of that so yeah i think those are my my three main things 
overall, I would say that family life has been the best challenge, the most fulfilling challenge for us as a married couple. I think it stretches every aspect of the human being. Mm-hmm. I think it stretches your emotions. I think it stretches your your spiritual life. And I think it physically takes a toll on you sometimes. Yeah. But it, it's not like a toll where it's like, I don't ever want to do this again. It's like, yeah, I get to wake up and do this for someone. Mm-hmm. And, you know. Yeah. And I want to... I, I want to do a quick disclaimer i don't want to make it sound like we know what the heck we're doing oh, yeah. we do not we're just taking it day by day mm-hmm. and make it sound like we have some kind of like secret formula and that there aren't like i'm sure there are families out there that aren't christian that are also great families and mm-hmm. there's great men and women mm-hmm. and we are not saying we're better because we do fight we do argue we do fail and but what th- we don't do is we don't give up on each other yeah but those fights and arguments are needed mm-hmm. not not in the sense that you would think like yelling and throwing stuff no absolutely not that is there's a right way to argue that's abuse yeah that's abuse <laughs> right there mm-hmm. you know no you need to learn to fight like and argue and not in a toxic way mm-hmm. toxic is such a, a big thing in society nowadays mm-hmm. that the more toxic you are the more hotter you are yeah that's and true. that's that's gonna take a mental toll on you in the long run but yes what he was saying is no we are not perfect whatsoever our story may sound like beautiful and fairy tale but like there's a lot of humps in the road like <laughs> every single day i think there's like a new challenge i'm like yeah let's let's do this or no i don't want <laughs> i don't want to do it <laughs> you know um <laughs> I'm like, let me just stay in bed today. <laughs> but obviously, there are days like that too. Yeah. Legit days. It's just like I'm done. Yes, but we don't stay in bed because guess what? Sometimes. I mean, on Sundays, realistically. Not even. Yeah, sometimes. Realistically, because yeah. we have a child and you have work. Yes, that's true. <laughs> but anyways, wrapping up um, <laughs> on this episode. Thank you, my husband, for joining us on this second episode of uh, the show. And, um, yeah, if you have any questions for him, I live with him. So just direct message me, add it onto the Q&As and things like that. But, yeah. Humble beginnings. Yeah. Humble yeah. beginnings of this podcast. Because the same room that I started my business in or continue my business in. Mm-hmm. Same room that we're recording this podcast in. This is our... We're in our um, prayer room slash office corner for me and her. Mm -hmm. Her and I. (laughs) We. Yeah. But thank you for joining us this week. I hope that you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed recording it. And I hope to record for y'all next week. Mm -hmm. And I will not be giving y'all a sneak peek. Maybe because I don't have one. Maybe because I do have one but you probably won't know that. (laughs) All right, tune in next week and have a wonderful Tuesday. Say bye. Bye.